0: All right, we got fact checker. This is where uh, we debunk misinformation, get the facts straight. Uh, Jamie Sung, as always, has been uh, uh, very intensely uh, researching all the facts here and joins us in the studio. Hello, good morning to you.
1: Good morning, Henry.
0: So we're going to talk about this uh, traffic law. And more than six weeks have now passed since the uh, revised school zone law. It's uh, dubbed the uh, the Minshik Law. It's named after this nine year old boy who was uh, tragically killed in a school zone traffic accident uh, last year. Uh, It went into effect. Uh, I think we all remember the very uh, tearful, painful, emotional uh, media appearances by the parents Mm -hmm. of Minsh kind of really pleading with the National Assembly to to pass this. Uh, It did pass, but now there's uh, some backlash to it, to people who are not happy with this law. What are the grounds for their objection?
1: So, in addition to requiring installation of traffic lights and speed cameras and school zones, the revised law sentences drivers to up to fifteen years in prison and a, or a fine of five million to thirty million one if a child injured. And in case of a child's death, drivers would face a sentence of three years or longer or life imprisonment. But some drivers are demanding the revised law be withdrawn, claiming the punishment's too severe for an unintentional crime and therefore unfair. There have also been several posts circulating on social media that complain that the revision always finds drivers guilty of a criminal offense, even if a pedestrian's over 90% responsible for the accident, or that all collisions in school zones are now considered criminal offenses, even including cases that were not punishable before.
0: So, let's, um, debunk then these claims. So, would you, is it true that all school zone collis- collisions, no questions asked, would be a criminal offense?
1: Um, no. How much responsibility each party bears certainly matters greatly in civil cases, but even if you are found liable in a civil case, that doesn't automatically make you guilty of a criminal offense. Because even if you were at fault, the fault may not be serious enough to be considered a crime. Naturally, not all school zone accidents lead to criminal punishment. The revised school zone law stipulates that only occupational negligence or gross negligence warrants punishment which means you will face criminal punishment only if you hurt or killed someone by neglecting your professional duty or by exhibiting reckless disregard for the safety of others. So, for
0: example, and I've heard this complaint uh, uh, being cited online, you could be going super slow in a school zone and and being very careful, but then some reckless kid on a scooter might just... All of a sudden, just jump in front of you and just bang into your car, uh, and then it's not your fault necessarily, just in that one particular context, but that would then not necessarily constitute a criminal offense?
1: Right. If it's impossible to predict or avoid collision, then that's okay. not considered a criminal offense.
0: Then what about the claim that the revised traffic law now punishes then uh, drivers for uh, collisions that weren't punishable before uh, under the criminal code? Is that true?
1: No, the revision simply offers stricter punishment for an existing offense, which is occupational negligence in school zones that result in a child injury or death. This has always been a criminal offense, so such online rumors are false. Some people have also argued that the revised law prioritizes draconian punishment over settlement and compensation because it no longer allows gross negligence offenders who settle with the victim exemption from criminal liability. But this argument's also flawed because even before the revision, no No exemption was granted for gross negligence cases in school zones.
0: Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm not sure about the intention of the people who are uh, kind of raising these uh, controversies with this. There seems to be sort of uh, a group of people who are just not wanting to deal with excessive regulations or penalties from uh, driving that the way that they... uh, Typically, drive and maybe that's sort of pushing the the false narrative or information out mm-hmm. there. But on the other hand, and just like people who sympathize with the parents of uh, Minshik, uh, there are people who want stricter punishment for people who drive recklessly.
1: Yeah, the 교통사고특례법 <inaudible> or Special Act on Settlement of Traffic Accidents was originally enacted to promote convenience and facilitate prompt compensations in traffic accidents but it allows the criminal system to give special treatment to drivers who committed occupational or gross negligence. So critics of the law worry this special treatment translates to excessive leniency for violators causing other people harm. For example, the law says a driver who settles with the victim or the deceased victim's family or has an insurance them becomes exempt from criminal punishment altogether. There are exceptions, yes, such Mm. as 12 serious violation cases, cases ranging from unlicensed driving and driving under the influence to school zone violations and exceeding the speed limit by more than 20 kilometers per hour, which do not merit criminal exemptions. But critics say that even in those gross negligence cases, settling with the victim or even just depositing money with the court as a sign of repentance can earn people a sentence reduction. So these people are calling for even more effective laws to curtail traffic violations and prevent traffic injuries and deaths.
0: Yeah, and if you go to a country like the States, a lot of these school zone laws are are pretty much uh, in place there. And so bottom line, uh, follow the traffic rules, be careful, especially in school zones, and most likely none of this uh, will be a huge issue uh, for you going forward. Uh, Our next um, fact check is also dealing with students, very, very uh, school-oriented this week, uh, Jamie. We're talking about the reopening of schools. Now, uh, as of this broadcast. We don't know the situation yet because of the uh, Itaewan outbreak, whether uh, the the planned reopenings are going to be uh, as scheduled. But let's debunk some of the uh, myths or the the falsehoods in regards to the school reopenings. Ten problems uh, that was uh, addressing in this uh, anonymous post. Uh, First, the mandatory mask wearing is true, but the others are not?
1: Right. So, Everyone in school is required to wear a face mask except in unavoidable situations such as when eating lunch. But many parts of the anonymous post are untrue. In particular, it says no student or teacher can leave school if any one person in school tests positive for COVID-19 and everyone needs to just wait in school until local health authorities take necessary measures. But this is the exact opposite of the education ministry's policy to swiftly send everyone back home with a face mask on, case of a confirmed case, followed by additional measures such as disinfecting the school and tracing contacts. So if anyone from school is confirmed to have the virus, instead of sitting by and waiting in school, everyone is advised to leave and go home immediately and switch back to remote learning.
0: Yeah, and that would be the commonsensical uh, expectation I think most people would have there. What about uh, physical education class, PE? Uh, The Post said that PE, art, and music, so these classes where you have to move from your homeroom out, uh, those will not be uh, scheduled?
1: Right. The education ministry hasn't banned such classes either. As for outdoor PE classes, schools and teachers are allowed to determine for themselves whether to conduct them and make sure to have students maintain a safe distance from each other. A ministry official has said though mask wearing is required at all times in principle, this may also depend on the class format. So if students can maintain a healthy distance in an outdoor class, they could engage in physical activities outdoors without a mask though the official has recommended refraining from vigorous exercise that involves heavy breathing, physical contact, and having conversation.
0: And also uh, another falsehood in this post uh, saying claiming that students can't go to the bathroom even if they really have to go. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the education ministry didn't outline the specifics of bathroom usage, but has urged schools to find proper ways to minimize contact by preventing the entire body of students from flocking to bathrooms at the same time. So this really depends on the individual school. If it's a small school of a student body of, say, 30, no bathroom rules will be necessary. But for larger schools, they could perhaps divide up students into different groups and ask them to use a bathroom at designated times. And this could also be flexible, of course, so if one student really has to go to the restroom at a certain time, I doubt he'll be forced to deal with it somehow without going to the toilet.
0: Right. Uh, everybody has different, let's say, tolerance levels of of how how uh, much they can uh, be patient in this regard, yes. and so I'm sure that will be taken into account in terms of the uh, the, the urgency of the situation. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the other uh, falsehoods here. Some students uh, they live in uh, dormitories, and the post actually alleges that every student living in a dorm has to wear a mask around the clock, uh, and also that uh, you cannot use fans or air conditioning or uh, even drink from a water purifier in the dorms?
1: Yeah, it also says no water purifier use is allowed in school in general, but it's not true in either case. The ministry has made no mention of water purifier restrictions in its guidelines, and officials say it should be fine as long as the purifier is cleaned and well-maintained and everyone brings their own cup and refrains from drinking straight out of the tap. Requiring dorm residents to wear a mask 24-7 is also not mentioned in the ministry guideline. But what the guideline issued in March says, however, is that cleaning, disinfecting, and ventilating efforts need to be stepped up mm-hmm. in dorm facilities.
0: Uh, there's another rumor that circulated online, Jamie, about this uh, alleged official letter to schools outlining a uh, so-called school reopening manual. Uh, kind of similar, interestingly, from this uh, Post that we've been discussing, right?
1: Yes, both say no classroom change will be allowed and no one's allowed to leave school in case of a confirmed case, which we have said are not true. They also say the use of air conditioners, fans, and air and water purifiers is banned, fueling concerns among parents and students since it's been getting hotter recently. But the ministry's guidelines allow air conditioning use and recommend leaving more than one third of the windows open with when the air conditioning is on for ventilation purposes. So it turns out that um, AC use was advised against during the period of strict social distancing in March, but it's no longer the case with the shift to everyday life quarantine.
0: Right. And m- less people need to use uh, the AC in March because it does still get uh, quite chilly. However, uh, there have been a lot of reports, uh, some coming out of China about uh, the, the s- sort of a susceptibility of air conditioning, maybe carrying some of the particles uh, resulting in mm-hmm. infections. But uh, overall, the experts are saying that AC, use in and of itself is not a problem.
1: Right. They say air conditioning itself wouldn't pose a problem as long as fresh air is let in through open windows. In fact, refusing to turn on AC and letting temperatures rise so that students can't bear to keep Mm. their masks on at all times would be even worse. So the key to containment would be self-isolation for anyone experiencing symptoms and exercising caution with everyone wearing a mask to protect themselves and others around them.
0: And Bottom line, though, with all this being said, we might have been able to just push this discussion uh, to next week's uh, fact check because uh, we still don't know right now. It's not set in stone The schools may not reopen because of what we're seeing from the, the Itaewon case, right?
1: Right, right. A decision about school reopening could come soon, uh, today or tomorrow, after considering the epidemiological survey into the latest cluster surrounding clubs in Itaewon.
0: Right. And so uh, especially the education authorities here in Seoul, uh, where, of course, the Si one outbreak has started, uh, they're going to have to make some very tough decisions right now going forward. They don't have a lot of time either because uh, the 13th is looming uh, very, very uh, very shortly here. So that is the first phase uh, reopening uh, for the uh, high school seniors. And Mm -hmm. so uh, that decision, I'm sure we will uh, be talking about uh, once and when it is made. Jamie, thank you very much. Uh, Appreciate it. We will talk to you again next week.
1: Thanks for having me, Henry.